Praise the Lord. I tell you what, I've already been blessed. God has been so good to us, hasn't he? God is good, and he's so faithful. Praise the Lord. Uh, before I forget, Children's Church, you, you are free to go um, for ages four and up. And if you would go out this door here to my right, I know I talked with you yesterday, but we've made some adjustments. So if you're here, if you're new here today and you have children uh, from the ages 4 to 13 or so and you are not sure where to go, we have someone out in the foyer out there in the hall who can help direct you where your, where your child goes. We just want to be able to minister to them uh, where they're at while you can be free to receive from the Lord in here. So praise the Lord. All right, um, I will have you all, I will start in Romans 1, verse 16, uh, this afternoon, or this morning, rather. I'll get there. I've only had one cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> Amen, brother. Start at Romans one sixteen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, uh, just thank you for the privilege and the honor uh, of just being a vessel. Uh, Father God, uh, a vessel of honor for you, Father God. Uh, I pray that I am out of the way and I just let the truth of your word uh, be ministered through me, Father God. I just trust that by your spirit, uh, you will make that happen, uh, that you might reach and touch the heart of your people, convict us with your truth, Father God, and, uh, and encourage us and challenge us to be doers of the word of truth that we hear. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, uh, today is almost a prequel, but uh, I chose for a title, Take Up Your Cross and Follow Christ today. And let, let that be our challenge as the people of God. Take up your cross and follow Christ. And I'll get into that a little bit. Um, and we'll build toward that and what that looks like and um, over the coming weeks. But let's start in Romans 1 verse 16, verse 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want everybody to say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I think we can say that again. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And I believe that ought to be our attitude. Not just in word, but in deed. Not just in word, but in thought. Not just in word, but in conduct. Are you hearing me? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because or for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. 
for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in that gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's a challenge to us, y'all. The just shall live by faith. That's not easy today, isn't it? You don't have to say amen. You don't have to agree. I know it's true. It's not easy today. We're getting it from all sides, aren't we? There's strife. There's tensions. There's divisions. There's backbiting. There's gossip. There's all kinds of deception and lies and dissemination of nonsense out there. There's a whole lot of stuff that's actually causing havoc in our hearts and in our souls. Not to mention the all stuff that each of us has going on in our personal lives. In our own homes, our own individual struggles, our own individual strife. We got enough as it is just in our own, our own homes, our own lives, our own marriages, our own families, right? There's enough that life brings our way. And then we got all that stuff out there on the outside that's battering us. It's no wonder we'd be tempted to lose hope, to, 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 to doubt, to fear, to have anxiety. It's understandable. I'm not here shaking my finger at you saying, what is your problem? Because I battle with the same stuff. So I'm, I'm preaching to myself as well, but, but you know what? The, it doesn't change the truth of God's word that says the just shall live by faith. No matter what we're going through, there is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that speaks of the salvation of the Lord. And let's go on. Let's go on. John 1, verse 12, verses 12 and 13 say this. But as many as received him, Christ Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're born again. We are not of this world. Are you hearing me? We've been awakened. Our spirit has been awakened. We are awoke in Christ now. We're no longer like those walking in darkness with no hope. Are you hearing me? We're no longer those who are bound by death and sin, who are headed toward the lake of fire. We are in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? All right, so, so we're no longer in darkness. We have to walk amongst the darkness, you know, but, but we are children of light. Are you hearing this? And I hope you're being encouraged by this because this is the gospel truth. Amen? This is the gospel truth. There will be thoughts that will bombard our minds that are contradictory to that. There are feelings that will be evoked that will, that will speak loud and try, to, and try to get us to forget that. But we must not forget that. We must battle and fight and remind ourselves of who God is. 
who he sent down here to die for our sins and rose again for our justification. Christ Jesus is Lord of all. Amen? There is good news. And we are the purveyors of that. We are the bringers of that. We are the declarers and proclaimers of that good news. And sometimes, oftentimes, you're going to have to look in the mirror and proclaim it to yourself. We're going to have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. So, so what, what, I believe it was David in a psalm, he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, so what is wrong with you? Woe is me. And we begin to say, oh, God, what's wrong with you? All the wicked are surviving and flourishing and, and thriving. And here your people of God are just taking it on the chin. And then he, and then he wakes up. His spirit, he begins to remember, oh, my God, you've been faithful to me all my days. Oh, my God, you've been, you, you, you've delivered on every promise you've ever given. Oh, my God, you are, you are faithful and true. And, and, and I remind myself of the gospel truth. I know how this story ends. I know what this represents because of this. I have hope because Christ didn't just die on this. He conquered this. Amen? He didn't just die on this. He rose again. Amen? And he, and he ever lives and intercedes for us. He's at the right hand of the Father. So, so I've got his prayers, his intercessory prayers are always on my behalf. So I'm not worried about the threats that are around me. I'm not worried about what the dangers are because I've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords interceding on my behalf every moment, every day of my life. And God's purpose, his plan, his will for my life will come to pass. I'm talking about the gospel. And we might look foolish to some, but I'm not ashamed. It might look weird to some, but we can't be ashamed. This was shame. What our Savior endured, right? The indignity, being stripped of his clothing, being beaten senseless and beaten beyond recognition, being mocked and spat on and, 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 his, and blindfolded and being punched and, and being mocked saying, prophesy who it is that hits you. You saved others, save yourself. I mean, that is shame. But you know what? But for the joy that was set before him, he endured it. Right? He was not ashamed of the cross. He was not ashamed of what he had to bear because of what it would produce in us. The reconciliation of God and man. Amen? And so, I am not, and, and for that reason, he did all that for us. We shall not be ashamed to say and declare what needs to be said and declared. To call sin, sin. To call good, good and bad and evil, evil. Amen? 
to tell a dying world that what you need is Jesus. He died for them, just like he died for you and me, right? But as many as received them, him, he, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, we are his children. We're born not of blood, man's blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. 1 John 3, starting at verse 1, says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. You know he had to love us to go through this. What this cross symbolizes. It, you know it was a great love, beyond our, a love beyond our human comprehension for him to willingly subject himself to that. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. I'm proud to be called an American. I'm a proud black man. Many of us here, uh, 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 black, white, Latino, uh, uh, Asian, I mean, all across the, all, all the many uh, racial and ethnic diversities and so forth, all of us are proud to be who we are, born into the race that we're born into. But you know, I am most proud of being a child of God. That matters more than anything. I, I, I'm, I'm proud to be the son of Yvonne Cannon. I'm proud to be the husband of Christy Cannon and the father of my four beautiful daughters. I'm proud of that. But I'm most proud of being a child of God. And I would challenge and encourage all of us to have that same perspective above what you are and, and, and who you are is, is whose you are. You are a child of God. And behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called that. Are you hearing me? Therefore, the world does not know us because it, they don't know us because it did not know him. The world's not going to understand you. Let's just get our minds around that. Okay? Let's just embrace that and accept that. All right? And, 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 and not desire that. Okay? We don't, they didn't understand Christ. They're not going to understand us as his ambassadors and representatives. But it's not important that they understand us. What's important is that they hear the gospel. <laughs> Amen? Because that what will save them. Amen? And so, be, so uh, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it does not yet, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Oh, that's going to be a beautiful, wonderful, amazing day. Amen? He he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might have life, right? When he came the first time. But he's going to come again. 
All right. And when he comes again, I don't know what he's going to look like. I don't know what I'm going to look like, but we're going to look like him in his glorified body. We're going to have our glorified body and we're going to, we're going to receive the promise that we have been believing for all these years. Amen. We'll be like him. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Amen? We can't let loose of that hope. We've got to hold on to it. We've got to remind ourselves of it because that's the thing that will keep us on the straight and narrow path instead of us veering off of it on the pathway of destruction. I ain't getting the amens, but that's all right. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm still laying groundwork here, and I, I think this week is, is going to launch us into uh, a very uh, effectual study of laying down our cross and, and embracing the fact that we are disciples of Christ Jesus. Uh, I don't know if I said the verse. Second Corinthians 5, starting at verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Say that with me. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident. Yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to him. I put that in bold on that line. I've read right over that line. Uh, uh, Other verses in the past have really highlighted to me. But this one spoke to me. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. We're confident. Yes, well, please rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. It's like, man, I want to inherit the eternal promise. I want to be with the Lord. That would be much better. But it then speaks to their motivation. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present in the flesh, whether whether we live through what we're going through or whether we die in it, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. The priority is I want to please God. I want to be well-pleasing to him. I don't want to be well-pleasing to my flesh. I don't want to be well-pleasing to my own will and desires and so forth. What I want to be well-pleasing of is him. I want him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. My objective is to please him in everything that I do. That's part of taking up your cross. Remember, Christ Jesus said, I only do those things that I see him do, and I only say what I hear him say. I obey the Father. My only, my only goal is to be pleasing to the Father. And then he says, take up your cross and follow me. Are we at, are we there? If you're not there, I'm going to challenge you to let that be your focus. Let that be your objective that you want to get to a point to where what matters most in everything is to be well pleasing to him. 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore, you see, we don't always, we don't always preach this stuff, but, but knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are well known to God, and I also trust the well known in your conscience. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. There are those that boast in appearance, but not in heart. There may be honoring God with their lips, but their, but their hearts are far from him. Are you hearing me? And that, and that can happen. If we're not careful, that can happen to us. And that's why Paul, can, he, he challenged us, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. That you, you, can, you can know that you know that you know who Christ is, and, and you can know that you have salvation in him, you're on your way to heaven, but you can you can allow yourself to be deceived to a point to where you are proclaiming and praising him with your mouth, but your heart, your attitude, your behavior, your actions are contradictory to the one you proclaim. And it's important as the people of God that we not let that happen. And if we come into the realization that we veered or strayed off the way of path of truth, that we would humble ourselves and repent and get ourselves in line with that which is pleasing to God. It is the easiest thing to do is to stir people up. Well, to stir people up to, to, to anger and strife and, and, and derision and all those things. It's not hard to get somebody fired up. It's much harder to motivate somebody to do what's right than it is to, to influence somebody to lower the standard. It takes work. It takes diligence. It takes perseverance. It takes discipline. It takes commitment to, to, de to develop the qualities and things that are going to lead to life and success. It takes one moment to destroy. Destruction is easy. Living, building something, you know, building, edifying, building someone up. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes intentionality, right? And yet, time and time and time again, we are pulled on and we are spoken to by unbiblical sources trying to pull us into the flesh, pull us into disobedience, into doing and acting and thinking and talking things that are not pleasing to God. And we're going to encounter those people. Some we look at on television or we hear on radio or, or, or whatever, or YouTube or whatever. Some are in our spheres of life. 
and the ones that are in our spheres of life, we ought to have an answer for them. We ought to be able to speak the truth of God in love, but speak the truth and stand on it. No, brother, that's not of Christ right there. I understand how you got there. I understand how you're feeling. I, 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 I can I can relate to some of that to a certain degree, but you know, and, and I could go there with you, all right, but to do so would be in disobedience to Christ. And so you and I, hey, let's, let, let's talk, brother. Let's see if we can reason together and, and get our hearts in line with what is pleasing to God. Can we be disciples of him in this generation? We, we, we can easily go there and not be a good witness. If we did that, it would not be a good witness unto Christ. It would not be a good witness of the gospel. If we act that way, if we talk that way, if we behave in the same way as those in the world do, then what power does it speak to of the, toward the gospel? What did he say? I mean, what does it what does that salvation look like then? That may have been clumsily stated, but I hope the message is clear. The gospel message is nullified in people's eyes if we are not proving and showing that it's more than lip service. If we're not conducting ourselves in accordance with it. Let me, let's go on because I have a, quite a bit more. Don't groan. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5. Let's move on to verse 14. We're still in Second Corinthians 5. Now, right after he says, you know, give me the opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. Um, I kind of glossed over it or whatever, but you know, even though we're not going to face eternal judgment, as believers, we're still going to be judged on what we did, both good and bad. Now, it's not going to cost us our salvation and so forth, but we still got to go before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen? And so we need to know we're accountable to God to do that which he's called us to do, to walk in the manner that he's called us to walk in, to exemplify him in this lost and perverse world. And the world might be able to go low, but that does not give us license to do the same. The standard of God doesn't lower to the world standard. It, has, it remains the same, right? And so he would challenge us to, to obey him and, and, and rise up to his standard and not lower to the world. Amen? And so he's declaring that he's challenging them in this way. And then he goes on in the next verse 14, for or because the love of Christ compels us. We are controlled by, we are propelled by the love of Christ because we judge thus that if one died for all then all died and he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves 
but for him who died for them and rose again. We are not to live for ourselves. When we gave our hearts to Christ, we died with him. Right? The old you died. Uh, even though you still might you still might behave like the old you from time to time. <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, we all, you know, we all still have to have work out our soul salvation with fear and trembling, right? We're saved in the spirit, but there's still a, a work of the a sanctification of the soul. There's a process that needs to take place. Amen? The soul is still, it, that, that salvation of that soul, the purification of it, the sanctification of it, is uh is a is an ongoing work but 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 acknowledging that you know that that's part of the gospel all right that's part of the power of the gospel that that I'm no longer a slave to sin it doesn't mean I won't yield to it from time to time but it is not my master and so I can I I, I repent of that sin get back on the straight and narrow with God and God's grace, his mercy, his love wipes me clean of that sin, and he's still able to do a work in me. He's still able to use me for his glory. Amen? And so, I just wanted to, uh, you know, I want you to start that. You know, he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again, you are bought with the price. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. Amen? And has given us, here's the thing, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. So we are to carry forward that ministry of Christ, that ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us. Say, to us. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world unto himself. And you know, any disunity, whether it's racial disunity, whether it's socioeconomic disunity, whatever it is, you know what? We, we, we can try to tackle that head on. We can try. We can try to make that happen in our own strength and so forth. You're going to fail. Because the only true unity that can be achieved is through Christ Jesus. The only true reconciliation that can be achieved is through Christ Jesus. Because first, we've got to be reconciled to God. And out of that reconciliation, we can be reconciled to one another. 
Amen? Whether we're talking familial strife and division, uh, uh, marital strifes and divisions and so forth, or, 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 or beyond that. Reconciliation begins with reconciling with God. And, and, and the world needs to hear that and know that. There are people who are ready and primed to receive that if we are faithful to deliver that message. Amen? If we are faithful to not only proclaim it, but to walk in it, to exemplify it, to follow the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Moving on, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, an ambassador... Now, think about it. Now, it's kind of difficult because we're in America. We're citizens of America. You know, ambassadors come from a different country to represent the ruling authority of their country, you know, on behalf of a ruling authority of their country, all right, and to, to declare whatever the will of that ruling authority is, right? So here we are, American citizens, but we're ambassadors for Christ, which means our citizenship is elsewhere, right? Our citizenship is in heaven, okay? We're in the world, but we're not of it, right? We're the children of God. We represent a kingdom, amen? The kingdom of God. And so as ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And so that's the heart of our God. You know, that world that's out there screwing everything up, that world that's out there doing all kinds of evil and so forth, you know what? God's heart is still to be reconciled with them. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come into repentance. He, his heart is to be reconciled, and we as his ambassadors should be his mouthpieces, his representatives saying, be reconciled to God. So we're going to have to meet them where they're at, right? Not lower to where they're at, but we're going to have to be able to stand strong on who we are, who we represent, what our focus is, and so forth. And, 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 and we're standing on the truth, and, and we're so strong and secure in it that we're anchored in it that we can reach down to those who are in that pit of despair, to those who are walking in darkness and sin, and we can lift them up in the name of Jesus and, and bring them out, snatch them, pull them out of darkness into his marvelous light. Are you hearing me? And so I believe this is a challenge for us as the people of God to rise up to the call of God. Uh, uh, moving on, Hebrews 10, I'm going to spend a while on Hebrews here, and this probably could have been a two-weeker, but uh, we're going we're gonna to do what we do. All right, so, all right, Hebrews 10, starting at verse 19, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest of the blood, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, and is speaking of Jesus, let us, I want you to, I want you to pay attention to the three let us's, if that's, you know, if I can be grammatically incorrect there. I hope I don't have any grammar teachers in here, Winston, but there are three let us's in this that I want us to really focus on. 
So having that confidence, having that boldness to enter into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, you know, it goes on. And having a high priest over the house of God, the first, let us draw near with a true heart, with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's let us, number one. Let us, number two, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Hallelujah. And the third, let us, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That's what we should be stirring up. Love and good works. Now, people who are stirring up something else, all right, we need to let them wallow in their own stuff that they're stirring. We, 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 we wanna be, don't want to be a part of that mix. We're going to be stirrers of our own kind, and we're going to be stirring up to one another toward love and good works. We, we, we're not going to put our finger in the mix or whatever utensil you We're not going to stir that strife and, and division and that other mess over there. What we're going to do is we're going to stir up people towards love and good works because that would be pleasing to our Heavenly Father. That would be pleasing to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but let us, this is a continuing part of that, let us, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I don't know when, when the Lord is going to come again, but that day is approaching. And when it comes, it's going to come suddenly. Amen? So I'm going to be less concerned about when. We've had, man, for decades, if not centuries, we've had people try to predict when the Lord might come. And you know what? No man knows the day nor the hour. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to concern myself with that. I wonder, we ought to be concerned with when he does come, will he find us being about his business? Will he find us answering those who have answered the call and are being his faithful witnesses and ambassadors in this world? Carrying forward the cry of his heart, which is to a lost and dying world, be reconciled with me. You know, I, I talked with a number of ladies during, um, how many of y'all remember the movie Unplanned? They did the shooting of it here in Stillwater and everything. And uh, I remember having some, some conversations with some, with some women who really love God. And we got a chance to share our hearts on, on a number of things, but you know, the, the, the movie Unplanned uh, centered around uh, the issue of abortion and, 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 and life. And I found that there are, there are a, a lot of women who are in our churches who at some point in the past, they've made that decision and they've had abortions.
and didn't feel that the church was a safe place. They, they, they needed to heal. They needed to be able to be loved on. There are still wounds and scars there that, that, that have not been able to fully heal. And they're in a place where they ought to be able to confess that and ought to be able to make that, to lay themselves bare and make that known and, and expect to be loved and to be ministered to in a way that will make them whole, it'll heal them and make them whole and strengthen them and, and encourage them and so forth. They're in that place, but didn't feel like it was a safe place to make that known. Didn't feel like it was a safe place to be vulnerable in that way. And so that movie and and the shooting of that movie and so forth provided a little bit of hope. And, and it also, one of the hopes was that the church would be more open and be more willing to, and, and, and change the way that we approach it to a certain degree. You know, it's like, for example, uh, there is no doubt that abortion is a sin and it is not of God. Just like adultery is a sin and it is not of God, right? Murder and the like. And we know that. And yet, we have a quandary. There, there is a sin here that needs to stop. And we can put all our efforts toward trying to stop that. We could. And any efforts toward stopping that, I support. All right? But along the way, let's not lose sight of the fact that we have wounded people that need Jesus, that need to know the love of Christ, that need to be ministered to just like the woman who was caught in adultery. Those people weren't wrong. She deserved to be stoned. But the fellow that wasn't out there in public needed to deserve the same thing, but we will, that's a discussion for another day. She was the one that was out there you know, because you can't commit adultery by yourself, right? So, so it should have been two people caught in adultery, and they both should have been stoned, but she was the one out there. And Jesus never said that she didn't deserve it. And we have plenty of people with stones ready to administer justice to this Jezebel, to this homewrecker, to this one. You know, we, 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 we'll, we'll dehumanize people to justify ungodly attitudes. And so, and Jesus hit him with that divine <laughs> revelation. All right, yeah, you're right. The law does say that, you know. Um, i tell you what. Let the person who, who has never sinned throw the first stone. You know, there's probably somebody who came close, and they probably had a spouse. No. Probably some dude that was ready to do it, and his wife was like, no, no, honey, you've got a lot of sin. You don't want to do that. No, what I'm saying is it's important that we speak the truth in love and that, and that we learn to address issues and speak the truth about and speak God's truth, but remember that we're dealing with people that he died for, Right? And so, and since our battle is not against flesh and blood, 
You know, even those people who do those sins, who do the things that we know are wrong and evil in the sight of God, even those things, even those people should be loved, right? And, 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 and they should be treated as Christ would treat them. I never really saw Christ treat somebody like less than human. And I believe that is a characteristic of Christ that we're going to have to emanate, that the body of Christ is going to have to emanate. We're going to have to learn to speak the truth and love people. Let the love of Christ, let the gospel message resonate and reach the hearts of people at the same time that we're speaking the truth. We're not going to partner with dehumanization of them. Because you know, it really broke my heart to hear some of these ladies. And in those moments of conversation, you know, uh, uh, one of them shared her personal story. And, and and she was in a good church and everything, but it's just the rhetoric sometimes that we, that, that, that we engage with is, is, is more political than ministry-based. And let the politics be the politics, but because we don't represent politics, we represent the kingdom. Amen? And so we have to make sure that people who have done those things, and in almost every case, the regret eventually comes. And they're beating themselves up, and they don't think they deserve to live, and, and they are uh, riddled with guilt. over the child that they aborted. Deep down, their conscience convicts them. And they need to know that God loves them still the same. That his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness extends to them. And that that hole that they feel in their soul, he can heal. He can, he, he can make them whole again. And some of those, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. And, and, and they need to be able to feel comfortable revealing what they've done in their past and knowing that they're going to be loved and, and ministered to. And uh, we, we shouldn't be fearful in the, in the house of God to confess our sins to one another. So I say this to say, be careful what you let come out of your mouth. Let's, let's not be so quick to condemn. Let's not be so quick because we have fellow believers whose history you may not be familiar with that may hear callous words that you say and they may decide, you know what? Mm, I see where they stand. Uh, I'll be doggone if I'm going to reveal that I'm one of those people because I don't want that ire turned against me. And truth be told, it might not be turned against them, but it's hard to know for sure, isn't it? And so, just be careful. Um, before something comes out of your mouth, uh, 
you know, meditate on it, think on it, take it to prayer, take it to God in prayer, uh, measure it against what you know is true in the word of God. And before it comes out of your mouth, make sure it is of the Lord. In word, in heart, in spirit, make sure it's of God. Amen? All right. Um, we're almost there. Let, let, let's continue on. Um, I'm going to go verse 26. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be, will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? And I want to... And I, I, I want you to start that, underline that, and the reason why I want you to do that is I'm not trying to beat you over the head with it, but I think these are things that, uh, 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 this is a verse that we need to, I think, be, keep ourselves a remembrance of to make sure that we don't unintentionally, all right, trample the Son of God underfoot with our attitudes and our actions and behaviors and so forth, that we don't. Uh, count the blood of the covenant by which we, we were sanctified a common thing. We don't want to treat it commonly, dismiss it. We don't want to uh, be irreverent toward it. And we don't want to insult the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You know, our God is love, but our God is a just God. And our God also chastens those whom he loves. Amen? And so, and so he will discipline us, but he'll discipline us out of love. Because he's, he's wanting Christ formed in us. Amen? It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days. And this really spoke to me. Remember the former days in which after you were illuminated. So shortly after they became uh, believers. You endured a great struggle with sufferings. Partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations. So partly you suffered this. And partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. So some of you suffered, some of you didn't. Some of you became companions of those who were doing the suffering. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted, listen to this, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. They paid a heavy cost. They paid a heavy toll. Some of them, boy, they really got abused. They really got mistreated. Others came alongside them and became companions of those. And they had their goods, their belongings plundered. They lost a lot. 
But it says they joyfully accepted that. You talk about laying your life down. Let's think of everything you work hard for. And you're standing for what's right. You're doing what's just. You're doing what you know is pleasing to God. You're trying to help your brothers who are down up. And for that, you, just, you suffer the plundering of your goods and you lose everything. And it says here, and he commends them, you joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. You know what? We have a better and more enduring possession for ourselves in heaven. Whatever we might lose here, all right, is not worthy to be compared for what God has in store for us in heaven. Amen? And we need to be encouraged by that. This is fleeting. You know, our life is but a vapor. You know, whatever we amass here will be gone. We can't take it to the grave with us. Amen? But, but, but what God has for us not only exceeds it, but it is an eternal reward. You know, it will not be corrupted. It will, cannot be stolen. It cannot be defiled. It is an eternal glory. Amen? For yet a little while, and he is coming. He who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But here is, I want to encourage, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition. But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. Uh, devil doesn't matter what you do. We've decided to follow Jesus. It doesn't matter what you come with us with. You know, you may come against us like a flood, but our God will raise a standard against you. In this life, there will be trials. There will be tribulations, but we don't have to be afraid because our God has overcome them all. Amen? And he has sworn Never to leave us, nor forsake us. He has not left us defenseless. He has not left us orphans. Amen? And so we are well able to walk in victory in the name of Jesus. We are well able to stand up and be accounted for for the kingdom in this lost and dying world. Amen? We are well able to be fishers of men and to preach the gospel through word and through conduct. Amen. That in a way that will reach people's hearts and, 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 and have them crying, what must I do to be saved? Amen. I want this salvation. I want this salvation that you have. And in conclusion, I want you to go to Luke 9. I have a, 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 just a three verses or so there that I want to end this with. And it really speaks to the title. Of, uh, I wanted to build up to this. <laughs> Luke 9, 23rd verse says, Then he, being Jesus, said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. How often? Daily. And follow me. For whoever desires to save his life 
will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. I hope and I pray that it is all of our desires to come after Jesus. Praise the Lord and be thankful and, and, and really glory and be joyous in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That, that, that is worthy of praise. We ought to be joyful and excited about that. But you know, but, 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 but you know what? That kind of scratches the surface of what we've been called to. We've not, been, we've not just been called to be happy about that. We've been, we, we've been called to be ambassadors. We've been called to be ministers of reconciliation. We've been called to represent him. When he died and went to heaven, he no longer is able in his body to walk this earth and do the great and wonderful things that he did. Now we are his body, right? He's the head. We are his body. And he has called us to go and do in the world in this day and time the same things he did in the day and time that he walked this earth. If anyone desires to come after me, and if you don't have that desire, then I'm not, gonna I'm not going to condemn you, but I would challenge you to not be content in that place but to take it to prayer and, and, just, and just invite God. Say, God, change my heart. I want to have that desire to follow Jesus. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to follow his example. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Now, Jesus took up his cross, and it is a symbol of death, is it not? Of suffering and death. It's a symbol of that on which Jesus laid down his life for us. So taking up our cross speaks to laying down our lives, giving of ourselves, pouring ourselves out, sacrifice, sacrificial love. But you know what else it is? Why did Jesus come? He came for this, right? He came to pay the penalty for our sins. So it was, my point is, the cross was also his purpose. And so this scripture is telling us to take up our cross daily. Take up our God-given purpose. There are there, there are things that we all have in common that we're all called to do. Now, some of us are specialized in different areas that God will call us to uh, individually, but we're all, we all have the ministry of reconciliation, okay? We've all been called to be ambassadors for Christ 
Amen? We've all been called to be uh, soul winners and, and, and fishers of men. You know, we've all been called to that, right? We've all been called to work the harvest. All right? And we've all been called to be followers of Jesus. So I would say take up your cross, your God-given purpose, the plan of God for your life requires self-sacrifice. Requires sacrificial love. Requires laying down of certain rights that you might feel are important to you. Being willing to lay down rights and personal comforts and so forth for the cause of Christ. Walk in your God-given purpose as an ambassador for him. Be an example of Christ for those whom you come in contact with, those whom you have some measure of influence on. And let them see up close and personal the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? I'm going to ask you to stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I hope this minister to you today, and I hope you're challenged afresh and encouraged to take up your cross. To not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Proclaim it. Believe it. Trust God. Walk in it. By faith, not by sight. By faith. Thought, word, and conduct. Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, either by word or by thought or by conduct. But take up your cross and follow Jesus' lead. Hallelujah. Before I pray, there may be those who want to come up. Maybe you don't know Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to get to know him, to be reconciled to him. If you're unsure today, then get sure. It'd be my honor to minister truth to you. I want you to know, uh, you close your eyes real quick and let these words just speak to you. I want, I want you to know if there's any doubt in your heart as to 
as to where you stand with God, then you can get some certainty here today. Envision, if you will, God's arms open. His hands waving you to come to him. That's his heart. Come, be reconciled to me. I love you. I love you so much I gave my only begotten son for you. To suffer the most gruesome of deaths. Because the penalty, a penalty for sin had to be paid. And man was not righteous enough to be able to pay that penalty. I sent my only begotten son and he paid the penalty for sin. He paid it all on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us, for you so that you might become the righteousness of God in him. That's how much he loves you. He knows everything about you, every sin, every flaw, every quirk, every ugly thing you've ever done, every ugly thing you've ever thought, every ugly thing you've ever said, every ugly feeling you've ever had, every wound you've suffered, And every person you've hurt. He knows it all. And yet he loves you greatly. And he beckons you to come to him. That he might wrap his arms around you and embrace you and say, I love you. Enter into the salvation of the Lord. If that's you today, answer that call. Respond to his love. Allow him to bless you with his loving embrace. Please his heart by becoming reconciled with him. This is your moment. This is the time of salvation for you. And I pray you respond accordingly. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for speaking to our hearts the truth. We thank you, Father God, for challenging us to rise up to the standard of Christ, to rise up to the standard of your expectations, of your word, of your will. Father God, the world goes low because that is what the God of this world, Satan, has trained them to do. He is in control of those who have not been surrendered to you. But he is still, Father God, under you. <laughs> Jesus has been given a name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is King of kings and he is Lord of lords. And, and I thank you that Jesus overcame. He overcame the grave. He overcame this world. He overcame death. And he, death has nothing in him anymore. He is alive forevermore. And in Christ, 
I thank you that we have overcome the world through our faith in him. Remind us afresh that we are more than conquerors, Father God, that we are overcomers in Christ Jesus, that, that, that we are not of this world any longer. And awaken us. Awaken us, Father God. Activate us. Awaken us to the fact that we are to be true disciples, followers of Christ. And we will not be influenced by the world. We will do the influencing. Not of our own will and our own accord. We will be speaking what you say to speak. We will be doing what you say to do. And as we do so, Father God, our prayer is that you in every way and in all times is exalted and glorified. We believe that to be so. and We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. We say amen. Amen. If you guys were join me, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. Um, that concludes our service. See you guys.